Hey, it's Wally Wallcakes. Thank you once again for downloading and tuning in to this edition of the podcast. Coming up on the show, a new page and new motivation. I'll tell you what that's all about. My pipe dream for my gaming collection. Uh, my cartoon obsession and the power of nostalgia. My desire to write. The PS5, rumors and what I'd like to see. And we stumble across a decade of darkness from my video game time. Plus, we've got some more tunes to listen to. I've got some great ones for you this time around. So with that, let's move forward with the next edition of the podcast. As always, just want to say thank you for tuning into this second episode. Uh, it's been a little bit longer in between episodes than I would have liked. But again, uh, this isn't something that I wanted to, to schedule. So I didn't want to force it. And it kind of leaves it up in the air when you do it that way as to when things are getting done and that sort of thing. But that's what I wanted, and that's what I said I wanted, so uh, so be it. Uh, but truthfully, I've had this outline for this episode ready for quite a while, but I haven't really made the time to get around to actually recording it. Uh, the same could be said with my latest History of WWE video for YouTube. It's a really short one, and the script uh, probably only took about 20 minutes to write, and even capturing the gameplay it probably only ta probably should have taken me about an hour, uh, but instead, it still took me like two weeks from the first time I recorded the footage to the last time that I did anything with it. Yeah, I just get stuck in these lazy routines. You know what I'm talking about? I've become such a creature of habit lately that it's not even funny. You know, here's, here's what a typical day will look like for me. Uh, I wake up and I sleep later than I probably should in the morning. I log on to my computer while I eat breakfast, uh, which I probably should sit around the table with my family, but I digress. I go to work, I grind all day, most days. Then I come home, I sit on my computer for about an hour uh, while my wife's day home runs rampant around my house. Then we have dinner, then we have some family time. And then by about eight o'clock, my kids are in bed and I'm free to do what I want. So the problem is, is that because of that habit, that routine, I've convinced myself that I'm tired, or at least by the end of it all, by 8 o'clock, uh, I'm tired. That's what my mind is telling me, and I end up just sitting back in front of the computer. You know, I'll go on Twitch, I'll watch some streams, or I'll hop onto YouTube, watch some videos. I'll throw on a hockey game, or maybe, depending on the night of the week, I'll throw on some wrestling. And, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy all of that, but a lot of the times, I feel like, like I'm doing it because it's easy or that's the routine that's that's just what I know and that that easy has kind of taken over my life you know so um, just thinking about things like I'm not I'm not grossly out of shape but I'm not as healthy as a guy could be I'm certainly not as active as I used to be and I'm sure my body would break if I fell over too hard uh, when it comes to my creatives or my extracurriculars uh, I've taken the easy route there as well you know, name name any function of a hobby. Books? No, nah, I've read one book in the last three, four years. It's disgusting. Video games? Same ones over and over. Why? Because it's routine. It's in the system. It's all ready to go. Television? Don't watch much in the way of continued series or anything like that. My writing? Very limited. Um, any kind of creative videos? They're slow as molasses. So, you know, that's that's kind of the conundrum. I really enjoy the variety of all these things. But I, I've been sitting down and asking myself, what's, what's keeping me from them? You know, aside from myself. 
And then the other question is, why has this suddenly become something that is so prevalent in my mind? Well, an online pal, uh, someone I've reached out to time and again about creative projects, him and I would talk quite a bit on Discord, just the two of us. And the whole goal of our conversations was uh, to share ideas, we'd also keep each other accountable, just check in on each other, just to have someone there to bounce things off of. Uh, we've looked at collaborations, but we've also both been focused on our own things. And um, But needless to say, we, we talked about doing more. And somewhere along the way, he ended up doing it while I kept talking about it. And that's the theme that I will hammer on over the next couple of minutes. The guy's name, Eric Hunter. Uh, you may know of him. And if you're listening to this podcast, you may follow me on Twitter. And if you do, you've likely seen me uh, retweet some of his projects or some of the things that he's been working on. Uh, one of which, the games plays like directory, and I probably screwed that up. And I'll touch on that uh, more some other time because it was one of the things we used to talk about. And he's really made huge strides on it. Basically what it is, you're thinking about a game, let's say you want to play a game like uh, The Legend of Zelda. You can log on to the directory he's creating and it will give you a slew of other games that play like Zelda but aren't quite Zelda. Golden Axe Warrior, for example, might be might be one of those that are on there. So, you know, maybe I'll have Eric on another podcast episode sometime and he can talk about that in more detail because I think it's a really neat idea. But anyways, uh, Eric and I, we're a lot alike. We're both, we're both fathers, uh, we're husbands, we're working stiffs. Um, but our biggest difference is our work ethics. And, and Eric would tell me, so he, he tell me about how he gets up at, you know, 5 to 5.30 in the morning just to specifically work on his creatives. And the thought process behind that is just insane to me. But he explained it to me one time and it made a lot of sense. You know, my wife and my family are sleeping and that's, you know, that's his number one. So if he's not committing that time to them, he has that ability to commit it to, to anything else. And he told me that's when he gets a lot of his work done. Um, he also finds time on the weekend. He's adopted that, that weekend warrior mentality, as it were, for his projects. So, you know, that work ethic boils down to one thing specifically to me. And, and this is how I've explained it to myself. Eric likes to get things done, or I should say I like to get things done. Eric wants to get things done. And that's there's a big difference there. You know, he's made a plan, even if it's a loose one, he's stuck with it. And now he's seeing projects through and he's getting things done. And it's not it's not just one thing. You know, he's moving forward with online the, the online games directory project. He's he's got podcasts. He's currently writing a novel, and he, and he recently laid all this out and what he's been working on on the latest episode of his podcast called Hashtag Radio, which you can you can find it, uh, find it on iTunes, you know. And I and I don't I don't want to come this across as a praise be to Hunter, uh, but he's a good dude, and and I really think you should support him. And I was listening to his podcast last week. I started to think, okay, well, wait a minute. We both talk about getting things done. I've done next to nothing. He's got lots on the go, and he's seeing things through. So it became less about what he's doing, and I started thinking about more about what I'm not doing. And there probably is a big difference in passion about what we do, but the bottom line is this. I've decided, you know, I'm going to give myself a real fair opportunity to change things up, and not just with my creatives, to life in general. You know, I've been working on... Uh, a loose schedule, I don't want to call it that, but outlining some things that I want to get done for myself. 
you know, things that I want to see come to fruition with the goal of getting out of this routine, everyday funk and these horrible habits that I've been leading for some time. So by the time you're hearing this, my goal is to have started. So I won't go into any more details about exactly what I'm doing, but I will be sure to update that on the next episode. And I know I've already told you this, but if you're listening, Mr. Hunter, thank you for the motivation. All right, let's pick up the pace just a little bit with this tune from Overclocked University. It's off the album Spring Break DJ Set. It's Femme Fatale right here on the podcast.
if you've played Street Fighter 2 or 4, probably, uh, you'll likely be familiar with that tune. It's called Femme Fatale from Overclocked University, and it was right here on the podcast. So, a few years ago, I cut all my major ties to video game collecting. I decided to move on from being an active collector for a variety of reasons, uh, and I decided to pare things down and go more of the blasphemous emulator route. However, I do have an item that I would like to add into my home. I'm not 100% sure as to what it will look like, how it's going to happen, uh, or even when it might happen, but I've decided recently that I want in my home an arcade cabinet. I have always had a love for the arcades. In my hometown, uh, in the day, we, we had probably a, back then a population of less than 10,000. It's probably even half that. Uh, we only had one arcade, like a dedicated uh, retail brick and mortar with arcade machines. You know, you had your, your video stores with, you know, a couple of machines off in the corner or at the arena, uh, the odd machine at a bowling alley, things like that. But we had a dedicated arcade. And again, it wasn't huge, but there was about 25 machines and it had a little bit of everything, the cocktail cabinets. There was also some pool tables in there. It was amazing. And thinking back now, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have, or at least uh, as much as I thought I would have. So I, I've been thinking a lot about that lately. You know, one of my best friends at the time, it was his father that owned it. So we'd get a lot more time in there than we probably should have at that age. Um, but I've always enjoyed the arcade and, and arcade cabinets. You know, plunking in quarters, rocking the joysticks, slapping the buttons, uh, you know, learning those tricks of the trade. You know, when we used to hang around the teenagers and they would they would use their lighters on those games, we'd have to push the buttons back and forth quite a bit, you know, and wrapping your fist up in a shirt to protect it. It was all those little things. And, and I, there's so many classic games that I enjoyed. You know, the Spider-Man uh, Final Fight-esque uh, cabinet, Simpsons. WrestleFest, of course, had to do some wrestling. Championship Wrestling was another. Um, you know, Arkanoid, that was a big one for me. Bubble Bobble. You know, I could go on and on, as I'm sure many people can when they think about their uh, their memories of the arcade. But back then, you know, finding a quarter or any denomination of coins equal to about 25 cents, that meant the world. It was like stumbling upon a, a treasure chest of gold, even if there was only one coin inside. That meant playing at least one game at the arcade which was about as good as it got back in the late 80s you know so so when the day came that fateful day when the arcade finally closed its doors uh, i was heartbroken uh you know and and maybe uh, that's probably an exaggeration uh the advent of the home console meant that those days in the arcade didn't hold as much luster as they used to but it was it was sad all the same and to this day whenever i come across uh, an arcade game or a series of cabinets together, I stop. And even if I'm not playing, I'll just, like I was a kid, like I was eight years old, I'll just sit and watch the demo screens over and over again, three or four times, and, and just watch and, and stand in awe. Uh, last summer, my family and I, we were on vacation. We spent a week in Kelowna, British Columbia. We went to a, a mini golf and go-kart place. Inside, they had an, a, a legit arcade. And, and, you know, there were some of the new, more modern machines, the new um, uh, Pac-Man and, and, like, the the large ones, all LEDs and all that. Uh, but they also had some classics in there as well. First time in 20 years that I played Double Dragon in the arcade. 
50,000 on Double Track. Yeah, I, I didn't really pay attention to the score, but uh, that was a wizard reference for anybody that didn't put that together. Um, I digress. But it was the first time in years I'd been able to get my hands on some of those uh, those games. And, and my kids, they must have seen something or sensed something in me because when they looked at it or looked at me, they you know I could tell that they saw the genuine excitement and joy on my face. And not not that they never see that. You know what? This was this was different. It was like I was seeing it through their eyes, and and I think they sensed that. Um, and you know, another time, more recently, uh, earlier this year in January, I was in Vegas for a trip with my wife, and we stumbled upstairs at New York, New York. They had machines in there, and it, w- it was neat to see amongst all the glitz and glam and lights of Vegas, there was, uh, you know, arcade games, um, but they were all newer machines, you know. So my wife was excited for me. And she asked, she's like, hey, do you want to stay and and play some of these for a while? We got time. But I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. Meh. It wasn't the same, you know, like playing some Fortnite-inspired Candy Crush game. Not really my idea of an arcade game. So it it was a little disappointing. But anyways, to bring this full circle, it it was then that I decided that my lifelong dream of having an arcade machine in my home was something that I I wanted to have. I needed to have. Now, in all honesty, this won't be a legit cabinet. As much as I would love a classic original, my fear is that if, if, if the case were to be that such a beautiful relic were ever to break down or require any kind of maintenance, I wouldn't know how to repair it. I am not that handy. And, and those that do know how to fix that uh, or fix these machines, they, they're not in heavy supply, at least in my area. And I know YouTube can't teach you everything. So, yeah, this would probably be a MAME emulation cabinet. And I know, like I said, it's blasphemous, but it's probably as close to getting something in the house that I've always wanted. Um, I've looked at things like bar tops and the mini machines that are about, you know, those ones that recently came out uh, that are about four feet high. You know, that's not what I want. I'm looking at dropping anywhere from two to five grand on something if I have to. And whether that's me building it myself or spending that extra money and biting the bullet to have it pre made by somebody else. I don't know exactly how it's going to come together, but it's definitely something that I want. You know, when I was a kid, the dream of having a four-player Ninja Turtles or Simpson cab in my home, that was a pipe dream. Now, I can do the next best thing. I, I can get something that fits in my home that I can customize, but also relive those moments of a time when searching the couch for quarters was a regular and happy chore. I've never been able to bring myself to play many Zelda games over the years. Uh, I've mentioned that before. I'm not the biggest Zelda fan, but I have heard a lot of the music, and it really is quite good. Well, this adds another element to it all. Here's a dungeon compilation from Super Guitar Brothers covering a variety of Zelda tunes. Enjoy.
an acoustic Legend of Zelda dungeon melody courtesy of the Super Guitar Brothers here on the podcast. You can find them in a variety of places, including YouTube, and if you'd like to support the cause, the boys also have a Patreon. I have told this story before, but I'm going to retell it here just for a reference point. Uh, Seems everyone has a story as it pertains to playing retro video games. For some, uh, it's just that they enjoy older video games as opposed to modern ones, and that's fair. Uh, For others, it's a nostalgia kick, reminds them of their youth. Uh, And for others, just a simple change of pace or that they just enjoy a good video game. For me, I fall somewhere in between all of it. So here's a quick story. I've played video games for the better part of 30 years. A Berserk on the Atari 2600 might have been the first video game I ever played. And the NES, the first console I owned in 1990, or 1987, uh, like many folks. As the years progressed, I got my Super Nintendo for Christmas. The Sega Genesis was the first console that my brother and I ever bought with our own money, so that was a big deal. And then it just continued from there. I would continue to buy uh, the console iterations as I got older, the Nintendo 64 and PlayStation, for example. Uh, and once I played the PS1, that was that was the gaming road that I took. I bought the PS2, 3, and all the way up to the PS4. Um, I didn't. Uh, I never got lured in by Microsoft or the Xbox until much later in life. And and after the N64, I didn't really touch a Nintendo product for years. So to make a longer story shorter, I didn't play a lot of video games between um, 2002 and it was probably 2012, so about a decade. You know, I'd buy the NHL games every year, but that was pretty much it. I didn't even buy the wrestling games. That was, it was hockey or bust. Uh, My brother and I, we lived together for a brief period in um, 2006. He had an Xbox 360, so I dabbled with that a little bit and got to know games like uh, Halo 3, Gears of War, which was a lot of fun. But the reason I didn't play games was just because I was so busy with other elements of my life that I had placed a higher priority on. Uh, In 2002, I was two years removed from high school. I I was going to college and I was very social. I went out uh, about six nights a week and juggled my education. So that's where all that extra money went. Um, I also met my wife during that time. So we eventually married four years later in 2006 and I started my first post-college career during that decade as well in 2009 Uh, or no it's been 2006 but my daughter was born in 2009 so life was busy and I didn't make a lot of time for video games it just wasn't that high of a priority a couple years after my daughter was born I was really getting hit with the reality of what my new life was all about which by the way there was nothing wrong with I have loved every aspect of being a father, Uh, stressful as it was, and it continues to be to this day. Um, But, you know, you you, you start to go through that learning curve of being a dad because you're responsible for life that's not your own. Uh, That's a pretty big deal. I'd also just started heading into an executive role at my job, uh, my former job at a radio station, and life was just, it was busy. It was good, but I felt like I was giving myself to everything and everyone else and losing that little bit, you know, of me, of Wally. And again, it wasn't a big thing in the sense that, you know, this is just how life was. But I found that some nights I would just lay down my head on the pillow and wonder, you know, what did I do for for me today? What did I do for Wally? I was living for everyone else and not giving myself 
the time of day at all. And again, I need to stress this because I don't want anybody to think I resent anything in my life. I have no problems putting my family first, ever. That's, that's how I'm wired. Um, but I was giving my career more attention that, in hindsight, I probably didn't need or merit. You know, and so that extra little bit of time that I had, I just wasn't taking that time to take care of myself. So we fast forward to about 2012, at the end of this decade, uh, when I was sitting around in an empty house. It was one weekend. My, I, was, I was looking for something to do. I was bored. My wife and daughter were gone. Uh, my job wasn't demanding on that day uh, because it was the weekend. So I kind of sat there and thought, wow, I have nothing to do. Maybe I'll take some time for me. And of all the things that I could have done, I, I looked into my laundry room and inside a milk crate was a dusty uh, Nintendo Wii. And so I thought, you know what? It's been, it's been a while since I've lo even looked at this thing. Let's plug it in and see what we got. So I, I turned it on, uh, I had Mario Kart. So I started to play it and I was having fun, uh, some fun. Uh, but then I thought, you know what, why don't I scroll through the Nintendo Wii Shop, rest in peace, uh, to see what was on there. And uh, so I scrolled through some old titles. I got hit with that nostalgia bomb, you know. Uh, I downloaded Super Mario 3, Legend of Zelda right off the bat. Uh, Legend of Zelda, I know I said I didn't really enjoy it, but I'll tell you why in a sec. I started playing through them. Uh, I was having a blast. I started remembering the games that I used to play growing up, whether I owned them, borrowed them, or rented them, you know, the ones that stuck out the most, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, that was my brother's, and we, we used to play that, never had a clue as a kid, Cobra Triangle, Tecmo World Wrestling, those were three that we owned for sure, um, the other games that I remember playing quite a bit, whether it was at a friend's house, A Silent Service, Solstice, uh, moving over to the Genesis, Eternal Champions, Altered Beast, Shining Force, X-Men, uh, Turtles in Time, Super Nintendo. There were so many. And and I looked for some of these games on the Wii, but couldn't find most of them, obviously understanding why with licensing and all that. So I did what anybody would have done in that situation. I logged on to eBay. And that was, you know, it was a good thing. I saw that there were there were games and consoles that I could buy, but I was still I was still a little hesitant, you know, because these games, they were great. They were great once. But were they still? I had no idea. I mean, Mario and Zelda, they were safe. I mean, these, these games stand the test of time more often than not. But what about the, the Tecmo Wrestling and Solstice games of the world? You know, did they still hold up? It'd been 25 years since I played either of them or, or games like that. So I decided to play it safe. I bought uh, Retron 3 and a couple of games. I bought Pro Wrestling, Contra, uh, Shining Force and Turtles in Time. I thought rather than buying three consoles, controllers, and a boatload of games, let's just get a few games uh, that I remember and I'll get one console because technology exists now that I can play them all on and, and then we'll see. If, if things go well, then maybe I start to, to evolve and, and get into the individual consoles. Well, everything uh, arrived a couple of weeks after I ordered it and I was hooked. I got bit by the bug and, and I needed to go retro. So needless to say, I got into collecting. I was loving all the old games I was acquiring and playing. It was great. And to this day, I still enjoy retro games probably more than modern games for the most part. But but even even after the past few years, I started to, to educate myself. And I got struck with the reality that, you know, thinking about that time from 2002 to 2012, like there, there's a decade of 
games here on a variety of systems that that I've never even played or or for that matter even knew about from 2002 or for yeah 2002 to 2012 I really didn't play much in the way of video games so I missed out on a ton of PS2 and PS3 games I, I never played an original Xbox or even a PSP go back a little further this the Sega CD and I know this is pre 2002 but I started to think about it the Sega CD never touched that the Saturn nope Dreamcast barely you know so that, that was all relatively foreign to me and then go to the big end having not touched anything from Nintendo since the late 90s I missed out on the Game Boy Color the the advanced GameCube DS and most of the Wii you know so for those of you that did enjoy and just did Nintendo consoles and the handhelds think about the treasure trove of games that are in that you know so I missed out on all of that and that's just one company so I guess what it comes down to for me is that the best part about missing all those games because I found the silver lining I now have such a massive library of games to discover for the first time and I've been doing that a little bit and it's been a lot of fun I have a, a list of games and franchises I really want to try but I know I haven't even touched the surface even just making a list so if there's a game from one of those systems that you feel I absolutely must experience do not hesitate to let me know drop me a line on Twitter or hit me up in the comments I'd love to hear from you
a funky, upbeat track courtesy of Jive Master. It's off the album Green Hill Sessions, and it's called I Am Robotnik. You can listen to this and more at jivemaster.com. All right, time for some quick hitters to close out the show. Let's get to it. Just want to touch back on my desire to own an arcade cabinet. I actually wanted to own my very own arcade one day. Um, I had sat down, I hammered out a business plan to the best of my ability. I looked at properties in and around my area. I was, I was really serious about doing it. But when I looked into all the numbers and, and no matter how many different scenarios that I ran through, I just couldn't find a situation where I'd actually make or turn uh, any kind of profit. But it's still fun to dream about. Lots of rumors out there right now about the PS5 and the idea of being backwards compatible with Sony generations from the PS1 to PS4. That's the big one that's out there. Um, I'm not sure how or why Sony would do that when they're still pushing these releases um, from those generations on the PlayStation Store and their PS Now streaming service. So, I mean, as much as I would love to believe that I can fire in a PS2 uh, video game to my PS5, I, I just I can't see that being a thing. I will say this. I love how Microsoft has incorporated that as part of the Xbox One and going uh, backwards compatible with the 360 and whatnot. So again, but with their current model in place, I, I can't see Sony doing it. But man, if they did, I'm not a day one console buyer, but that would be uh, that would be interesting, tempting too. I'll likely dive into this next episode in more detail. Um, But I've been enjoying a lot of old cartoons lately, and I've been in nostalgia overload. Um, If there's anything that I love as much as uh, wrestling, hockey, and video games, it's old cartoons. And while I will say that some are just as awesome today as I remember, there are plenty that definitely need to be enjoyed with uh, rose-colored glasses. I'll touch more on that uh, next time. There's a lot of excitement, speaking of, about the upcoming release of uh, the Pokemon game, Sword and Shield. Uh, I'm not I'm not a Pokemon guy, I'll admit. Um, I think Pokemon started to get a really big right about the time that I was getting on that verge of on uh, coming down on my active video game playing. Uh, but I do remember playing Red for the Game Boy on a bus trip one time for, uh, for a hockey tournament. I bought uh, X on the 3DS a few years ago when my daughter started to become really obsessed with Pokemon. Her and her friends... Uh, it was it was a big thing with her and, and the kids, so I slowly started to get into it. It was a fun thing for my daughter and I to enjoy together, but that was only for about nine or ten months before, you know, like kids and anything, then she got bored of it and she bowed out. Uh, and when her interest waned, so did mine. I haven't really been back since. The one thing, and, and this whole initiative of me getting my, my thing together, I, I hope will rectify this, but I would allow my, I wish I would allow myself to write a little bit more. And about anything, really. I, I enjoy writing quite a bit. But my problem is I always default to anything else but writing, you know? Whenever I think of, of something that, oh, I'd like to write about that, my default thought then goes to, oh, I should make this a video. Like like putting it on YouTube in video form somehow going to enhance it for some stupid reason. So I think what I might wind up doing to, to kind of offset this mindset a little bit and to, to accomplish this idea of writing more is that anything that I write or blog, whether it's an article or not so much a review because I'm terrible at them and I don't like them, um, is maybe I'll write it, post it on, on a website, and then when and if the time allows, I'll adapt it into a video form, you know, just as a different medium, 
uh, somewhere down the road. So that way I can kind of write it. And then if I feel like I want to do more with it, I can do that down the road. Just a thought. And like I said, especially with my commitment right now to this, this history of WWE wrestling video series, uh, this might allow me to create varied content while also allowing to come back to it later. Could be the best of both worlds. All right, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap things up. I want to thank you once again for settling in for another episode. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend. If not, that's okay, too. Uh, It really doesn't bother me. I just appreciate that you're here. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can search Wally Wallcakes. You'll find me on all three platforms. Special thanks going out to Mark Sparling for his track, What is Lit? That is the title theme you're hearing right now and at the beginning of the podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at MarkyMark665. He comes out with a daily chiptune release. Got to think of the commitment and the creativity and the mind that comes with putting that together. There's a ton of great uh, content on there. You can also find him on Bandcamp if that's what you like to do. In the meantime, thank you once again. Farewell. Thanks for tuning into the podcast.